Oh, hey, I'm so glad you're here. Welcome to the Efficiency Bitch Podcast. I'm your host, Melissa Leone. This podcast is dedicated to all the women out there who are aspiring to have a career while raising a family. And bitch? Well, that's more than a name and even an attitude. (laughs) We use it as an acronym. It's for bank, inbox, time, connection, and harmony. Each episode is labeled according to the correct topic so that you can efficiently find the topic that you're looking for. I'm here to tell you, you can have your cake and eat it too. The trick is finding efficient ways to get through the have-tos so that you can make room for your best life. I can show you how. Let's get started. Hey, welcome to the Efficiency Bitch Podcast. I'm your host, Melissa Leone. I'm so glad you're here today. We're going to talk about my favorite thing, money. <laughs> uh, so B is for bank. Today is a bank episode. We are going to talk to an awesome guest who has a lot of great insights um, and a couple tricks up her sleeve too. So Melissa, hi, how are you? Hi, I'm fantastic. Thank you. So glad you're here today. Why don't we start with a little introduction, who you are, where you come from, and how you do life? Sounds good. Melissa Middlestat, just in case people see that last name, like, what do we do with that? Middlestat. That's why I went with Melissa Mitt on all of my socials and all of my websites, because that's just easier to figure out. I am a financial coach, and I'm working toward my accredited financial counseling designation. And that is really getting to the basics of our personal finance world. I've been working on that the last couple of years. And my money journey really started in 2008. And with that, I came out of college. I I was in college in the years of sign up for a credit card and you get a free pizza. Mm. And which is illegal now, by the way. Thank, Thank God. <laughs> but I came out of college with an extremely massive amount of debt with my student loans, the credit cards I'd racked up. I got a car that was new to me and I just buried myself in debt. And I didn't have any financial education in my home. Money was not a thing that we talked about. And that's what led me here today. That's awesome. I, Obviously, being a finance professional, money is something that's near and dear to my heart. It's what I teach small business owners, but it's also something that's really important to me to talk to my children about. And it's one of the topics that I really like to talk to college students about when I go visit those universities, because money is still pretty taboo in most households. Most people don't do enough talking about money. My philosophy is if you can master communication and money, you'll be successful in everything that you do. (laughs) (laughs) I love that advice. You know, learn how to talk to people and make your money work for you and you'll be good to go. It doesn't matter. Totally. Awesome. So you talked a little bit about your college experience and debt. And so how did you decide this is what you wanted to do for a living? How did you start some of that process yourself? Once I realized the trouble I had gotten myself into, a little bit of background of me, I'm also a sign language interpreter. I do both. and. Once I graduated and was looking for my first interpreting job, I found the ideal job. I was inside of a school system. There were a bunch of other interpreters who were working there. And I was over the moon about this position. Mm -hmm. And I get there and I get my first paycheck, my second paycheck, my third paycheck. And I find myself bawling in the staff lobby. I can 
visualize this green couch, my colleagues sitting next to me, and I'm just sobbing because it's like I have this dream job, but I don't have enough money to make my life work. And in that moment, I was like, I'm going to have to quit. I'm going to have to quit this job. And so I collected myself and we go back into the office and one of my other colleagues could tell that I had been crying and she had asked, what, what is going on? And I just let out everything that I was feeling. And she handed me a personal finance book and it changed my life. I read it through it cover to cover and I figured out like, oh yeah, I don't have to quit this job. I just have to figure out how to manage my money and make it work. You and I had gone back and forth in a few communications. And in one of those, you had said, being wealthy is not about having a lot of cash, but being able to live life the way you want to. And that's what happened to me in that moment. I was like, oh yeah, I don't quit the job, Melissa. Figure out the money piece. Yeah. Um. So I did that. And I got myself out of nearly $5,000 worth of debt. I was able to save up $15,000 toward our first wedding. And in that process, I was like, oh, I'm good with money now that I'm starting to figure it out. And it wasn't really until COVID hit, the great pivot, as I assume it will be called in history books, but I was interpreting and everything I was doing was on site. And that mm-hmm. just all came crashing down. And that's really when I was like, okay, I obviously have this skill when it comes to money. I understand it. The debt repayment I got figured out. How can I use those skills? And so that's when I officially established a money coaching business and have just been continuing learning ever since. That's awesome. I'll tell you, there are not enough money coaches in the world. I know more people who need money coaches than I do money coaches. So Really happy to know one that is out there trying to do good in the world. And money is such a complicated thing because it can feel so personal. But the thing is that everyone deals with it. Money touches everything. There's no one alive. Even infants are dealing with money. And if your folks have it or not, or if it is a thing for everyone. So understanding it. I was talking to somebody on a personal level the other day and they were like, I just can't bring myself to start. Mm-hmm. to desensitize yourself to it. And some of my first advice is look at your bank account every day, a couple times a day, if you need to desensitize yourself to the panic that comes from it. What are some of your first pieces of advice if someone's feeling overwhelmed? What's, what are the first steps they can take? My two favorite pieces of advice in the beginning is just to do a financial journal. And figure out what piece is it that's overwhelming you. For some people, it is looking at your bank account. But for other people, like, I can look at my bank account. That's no problem. But when it comes to how much debt I have, that's where my anxiety comes in. Mm -hmm. Or my uh, impulse shopping. That's what causes me anxiety after the fact. So really just understanding what piece of finance is it that's causing you overwhelm? Because so, so many times we just have this blanket statement of I'm bad with money or I don't understand money or money makes me anxious or I'm overwhelmed. But finding where that stems from is a really great first point because to to tackle all of money, it's really not a thing, right? You've got to figure out which piece of the puzzle it is that's causing you overwhelm. So that would be my first and foremost. 
just start journaling about it. Is it when you pay a bill that makes you anxious? Is it when you open your bank statement? Is it after you've impulse shop and just figure out that? Secondly, my ultimate favorite tip is to just start thanking our money. I don't know if you've ever read Happy Money by Ken Honda, but anyway, he does a, interviews with millionaires, billionaires, and it all boils down to, are we thanking our money? The phrase is, arigato in, arigato out. So we're not just thanking our money when it comes in, because a lot of times that's all that happens is it's payday and we're so excited, or we get a deposit into our checking account because somebody bought our product. But then what are we doing when we're spending our money? Mm-hmm. Most of the time we're like, oh, I don't want to pay that cell phone bill or, oh, I don't want to. But what if instead we said, oh, I'm so grateful to have the money for communication that I get to have with my phone, or I'm so grateful for the money that I can watch that my mm-hmm. favorite TV show or something. So being thankful coming both ways is my one of my favorite tips. I love that because it's so simple, right? Anybody can do it. And you might feel like, what's the point? But it changes your mind space completely. And little things like that go a really long way in your overall headspace with anything, right? If it's money that's stressing you out or if it's something else altogether, those pieces of gratitude really go a long way. So talk to me a little bit about spending. A lot of people who think I've got my budget, but somehow I'm always stuck. I'm always missing it. I work with a lot of clients like this who have read Profit First and they think putting all this money in all these different buckets, but then something's throwing them off. What is throwing people off of their plan? How does that happen over and over again? Yeah. There's two pieces to this puzzle. First and foremost is those sporadic expenses that come up. When we think about what is it that shows up every six months or every quarter or every year, that could be a car insurance, that could be a professional dues that you owe. Oftentimes, we don't think about those until we get the bill in that month. And then we're going, oh, I wasn't planning on $300 right now. And it's those hiccups that throw off our spending plan. And not only does it impact that month, but then it impacts the next month too. And so if we can figure out a plan to save each month in the financial industry world that we call those sinking funds. And a sinking fund is saying, I know I have my car insurance due. It is $600 and it happens every six months. I know then that I need to put $100 aside into a savings account Get it out of your checking account into a savings account ready and waiting so that when that comes up, the money's there and it's ready for you to spend instead of scrambling to try to figure out how you come up with it in that exact month. Mm -hmm. So that is the biggest piece is to just eliminate those hiccups and create stability. And then the second thing is a lot of people live on what we call credit card float. And we're paying away on our spending away on our credit card and then we pay it off, but we're always living in reverse instead of getting ahead of our money. And one thing that I recommend for people is to just, and I know we want our points. I totally understand that. But even if for one month you can just use your debit card to see what can my spending plan actually handle. And then you can reintroduce your credit card after that once you can see how things 
shake out. But when we're always living on the credit, sometimes it's tough to see um, what can our income actually cover in the month. Yeah, that's really smart. Credit cards are absolutely evil. Like I write about this extensively in my book. I think that they are the worst thing. They just totally money hungry organizations, but we can't live without them, right? They're everywhere. And if you play it, like you said, you can really take advantage of the points, but it can be really hard to see through some of that sometimes. Yeah. They make it really easy to get into debt and to stay there. They make really it easy. very easy to get into debt and stay there. And I think one of my very first realizations when I was putting together my debt-free plan, I was like, oh, if I literally just paid my minimum, it could take decades mm-hmm. to pay that off. And that's without even putting any more on there. Yep. And so you're right. They make it really easy to get in there and stay in there if you don't understand what it takes to either pay it off every month or to put together a plan to get rid of the debt. It's this phenomenon of compounding interest, right? It can work against you with credit cards and it can work for you in savings. If you've never done this and you have credit card debt, Google credit card calculator. You'll find a million different options. Don't put your email address in. Just use the basic calculator, but you could put in my $1,500 credit card bill. Go look up your interest rate. If you're listening to this in 2023, your interest rates are probably over 30% right now because interest rates are extraordinarily high there. And put in your minimum payment and it will show you how long it will take you to pay it off and it will blow your mind. So sometimes just seeing the truth will change your opinion. I know a lot of people when I start working with them in the business world that will have $10,000 in a savings account but they're holding a $2,500 credit card bill and they're paying the minimums. And I'm like, no, you're spending so much money in interest. Wipe it out. Now, there are times when you need to use that credit card. And I'm not saying don't use it if you must, but you must be very aware of when it is very necessary to use it and really only use it in those moments. I hate credit cards, but if you can learn to master them and if you have the the tenacity to stay on top of it, it it can be pretty good. All right. So Melissa, talk to me about pay yourself first. I love this. Tell me what you know about pay yourself first. Often times when we think through our money, we think, okay, I need to pay those needs off. Meaning I've got to pay my rent or mortgage. I've got to pay my car payment. I've got it. So those things that I am required to pay, those are my needs. I would pay those first and then we would go to our wants. So that's where we're talking about our fitness, our streaming, our clothes, our hair, nails, that type of thing. And then what we have left over, we would save. But what happens a lot of times is that leftover bucket gets smaller and smaller. And so the pay yourself first flips that algorithm, if you will, and says, decide how much you're going to put in savings, whether that's 10%, 15%. Put that away first. Then take a look at the need or then take a look at the requirements, the needs, the mortgage, the car, the all that. And then what's left goes towards the wants. So it's completely flipping our mindset Instead of saving what's left over, we're going to save first, take care of what's required, and then use what's left for our discretionary spending. 100%. It's really easy to make your wants get bigger 
It's, it's yeah. so easy. It's so easy to be like, oh, I have the money. I want that. I'm going to go get it. But meanwhile, your savings account or your retirement accounts are completely empty. And you're going to turn around and be 45 and think, oh, my gosh, I have no savings for what? I'm going to have to work for the next 40 years. And nobody wants that. I am 42. And my husband and I have been talking a lot about retirement and what when that might be and what that yeah. might look like. And it's a strange it's a strange phase, right? Because when you're young and you're in your 20s and 30s, you think I have so much time. And now I'm 42 and I think I could work for the next 23 years, but I don't want to. I want to work for the next 10 years, maybe the next 15. And so it will sneak up quickly. And I love the idea of paying yourself first because it makes sure that your future self gets to live the life they want to matters. Have you read The Latte Factor? No, I haven't. Should the latte I? factor. Yeah, it's it's a story. It sounds like you already know the information, but it's a story about a girl who is learning about paying yourself first. And she literally goes through this whole journey. It's not a textbook type of read on financial literacy, but it's a story about it. And it's really well done. The whole concept there, pay yourself first, make sure that your future self has the money that they need in order to live the life that you want, because somebody's got to pay for it. Somebody's got to pay for it. One of my favorite things to talk to folks about is, so if you are in your 20s and your 30s and you think, oh, that's so far off, one of my favorite things to do is go to one of those apps that can like make you look old. Find one that says, what will I look like when I'm 80? And then take a screenshot of that. And then every time you consider not paying yourself first or not putting money into savings, you can get out that picture of old Melissa and be like, yeah. Oh, <laughs> she needs me to make sure I've got enough money <laughs> for Botox for, for her life. <laughs> yeah, exactly. For Botox. <laughs> totally. I love that. It is really easy to forget about that piece. And I'm part of my book and my whole message is making your future self happy and thinking about your future self. But I, I'm not all about like living in the future. Like you need to live right now. You need to enjoy your life, but you also have to make sure that you can enjoy your life next week and next month and next year and 10 years from now, because otherwise you're just going to be grinding forever. And, and having frustration and anxiety around money is the number one cause of stress, has been for decades and will continue to be, right? It, like You have to put your priority first on making money matter to you and the, the the understanding of it. And it's not going to happen all at once. And that's okay too. I've been in financial management for 20 plus, almost 25 years, and I'm still learning things. There are so many pieces that come into it and it changes, but just the comfort level with it and being able to say, oh, I want to learn more about that and go learn it is, I think, really how you start to pick up your game with financial management. Yeah. And start in in one arena get find something they feel comfortable looking at whether that is trying to think about retirement planning and how would i even go about that or if it's i'm ready to buy a house and i need to make sure my credit score is intact or mm -hmm. whatever there's just so many different facets to money that again just find that thing that it is that you're needing to learn right now and then tackle that instead of going down this rabbit hole of I've got to have my entire financial picture perfect. That's unattainable. Unattainable. Yeah. And it's going to change constantly. You can 
I did my plans this week of retirement, like I was talking about. And we, how old are you going to be when you die? I think I'm going to be 100. That's what I've been telling my kids for my whole life. I'm going to be 100 years old when I die. And so is my husband. And so this is how much money we need in order to survive. And then you throw in, oh, your social security kicks in at this age. And then, oh, your mortgage will be paid off then. And there's a lot going on. Don't try to do it all by yourself. And P.S., my life will probably change 20 times in the next 10 years. So my plan for when I'm 100 (laughs) is not likely, but it is part of the journey. And then you constantly review it. So it's not set it and forget it. Get used to dealing with it. Get used to looking at it and ask the experts, right? Yeah. Ask the experts. I love it. All right, Melissa, how can people get in touch with you? What's the best way for them to continue the conversation? Best place is on Instagram, underscore at Melissa Mitt. And there I'm sharing tips, tricks. I've got some free guides available. My link in my bio, that is the best place to find me. Awesome. Thank you so much for coming. And I'm so glad you came by to listen today. This is your first time here. And welcome to the Beehive. If you want to go and subscribe, you won't miss next week's episode. And until then, I'm Melissa Liam. See ya. Well, that wraps it up. Thank you so much for listening. If you're new around here, please be sure to leave us a review on any podcast platform you're listening to. And you can always reach out to me to let me know what topics you're interested in hearing about or maybe telling me someone you think would be great for the show. Either way, I'd love to hear from you. You can find me on Facebook and Instagram at EfficiencyBee. Until next time, see ya!